All right, today's episode of the A-Game Podcast, we have Kimberly Spencer from crownyourself.com. We go over a bunch of different things, talking about some characteristics of high performers. We talk about fulfillment versus achievement. We discuss uh, why sometimes people achieve things, and then when they finally hit those dreams they've been chasing, they just don't feel like they have what they were looking for. And, uh, you know, a lot of people just don't appreciate living in the moment. They're always looking for the next thing. So we do talk a lot about how to celebrate some of your wins, no matter how big or small they are, some ways to be more efficient. Uh, to avoid procrastination and just ways to take back your life and take back your your accountability and really like she's teaching people to double or triple your income in 12 months, increase your productivity, increase quality of life. So she gives a lot of really good tips on there. Uh, she's a phenomenal person, great energy, very positive. I love surrounding myself with people like that. This episode, as always, is brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Go to nicknicknick.com slash links. Under that, you will see the affiliates page where you can go and get 20% off any and all of your pure top of the line CBD from Naked Warrior Recovery owned and run by a Navy SEAL named William Brandon. Put in code name A-Game at checkout to get 20% off any and all of your products you purchase there. Also, go to nicknicknick.com, check out our free ebook. It is about how the last 12 months in the pandemic have changed the real estate market things that you need to pay attention to, things that you need to know from the last 12 months, and things you need to be paying attention to if they're going to change for the next 12 months. A very easy, quick read, free on our website, costs a little bit of money on Amazon, but go through our website, jump on there. Um, also, if you go to nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the ways to download this podcast on your favorite servers, as well as uh, find all the ways to connect with me if you're interested in being on the podcast or booking me for your podcast. But more importantly, Connect with me to do some real estate. That's what this whole thing is about. If you are looking to get in, I don't care if you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced. If you have a bunch of money, no money, time, no time, experience, no experience, we can get this going. Whether you want to buy properties from me to rent out, to fix and flip, commercials, multifamily uh, stuff, uh, mobile home parks, development deals. If you want to sell me some projects, we can find ways to do that. Or if you want to JV and find ways to partner up on deals, we can find a way to get you involved, but let's make this happen. Let's make this year count. So go on, connect with me, book some time, even if you don't know where you want to start or how you want to start, but you know you want to get involved and put yourself in a better position financially, get some assets on your book, start to make some money this year. Reach out to me at nicknick.com slash links. And uh, also you can reach me at podcast at nicknick.com. So uh, get your nicks in there. Hopefully you guys had a, uh, a great week. I apologize for not getting a podcast out on Monday. It has been a Absolutely crazy week. It's probably the first Monday I've missed since I started doing this consistently. Um, but I will do a really cool podcast on the project that we we're working on that wound up taking up a bunch of my time. Um, but it's a pretty cool story and hopefully come, turns out to be a great deal that you guys can take some value from. Uh, and that would be awesome. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting it. Hope you guys are having an outstanding week. Weather's starting to break. Hope everybody's safe and healthy. Enjoy this episode with Kimberly Spencer. Thank you. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands, people that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is a certified high-performance coach, founder and CEO of CrownYourself.com, helping visionary leaders build their empire and stand out with confidence, clarity, and courage to increase their income up to 150% in the next 12 months. She is the host of the Princess and the Bee Podcast, the author of The Start, Journey to Entrepreneurship, and has been featured on Netflix, NBC, CNBC, and more. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Kimberly Spencer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I love I being on my A game. It's my those are my favorite days. Yeah. <laughs> I've always tried. Sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't, but it's all about the effort sometimes, right? I think it depends on what you define as being like the A game. Cause I have I've had clients that are mad at themselves when they have like because I, I work with high achievers all the time. So we, we high achievers have a high standard for <laughs> our A game. And one of the things that I love about about being on my A game and and the the shift that I've had in the, in the recent, in the past year specifically with 
what the A game is, is that it's not necessarily meaning that you're operating at this high level, high intensity, high pace all the time, every day, because what that is, is that that's flatlining. So A game for me is allowing yourself the natural rhythm of oscillation, of being able to oscillate from the high level, the high hustle, the high, the go-gettedness, the high achieving, and then also allowing for the oscillation of the rest and digest, the moments of fulfillment, the, the hot saltwater baths, the, the enjoyment of the, and, and celebration of the achievements that you have so that you can oscillate back into that high achieving, go, go, go doing uh, masculine. So it's, it's that oscillation between the masculine and the feminine energies that both combined mean a game. Cause I used to think it was just like the doing the high achieving. And I burnt myself out so fast doing that, that now I love the oscillation and love the, the natural rhythm of, of finding that. And when you can tap into that, that, that to me is my a game. You know, you, you bring up a few really good points there. One of them being I just did another podcast before this and reflected on this exact topic that we were talking about the A game. And I was talking about how, I mean, the one guy I was talking to, he, he does a bunch of different things. And he was talking about how he didn't focus on a bunch of things. He lost a bunch of money, but then he focused in and he was like, I'm grinding on this. I'm paying attention to this. And I don't know if you know who Joe Latrulio is, but he's, he's on Reno 911. He was like on the state and stuff. And he was talking about how all he wanted was to be in like these motion pictures and be on these hit shows. And the jobs he was getting, he was kind of half-assing and he wasn't really showing up and he wasn't passionate about it because he was like, this isn't where I belong. I belong like up there with the A-listers. And then one of his castmates pulled him aside and was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, he's like, everybody sees that you don't want to be here. He's like, the only way you're going to get the invite to go to the next job is by bringing your best to this one. And that's kind of the way I look at it. It's, it's just bringing your best to everything you do whatever you have that day to give, you know? So it's not like you said, it goes. So my, my point in saying that is I would love your take on it because I'm very guilty of the same thing that I find myself being forced into being in like a, a, a mindset coma of Netflix for two hours that I didn't plan on, but I fell into because I was burnt out because I worked too hard and I never feel like I've earned those breaks. So I'm constantly, I don't know if that's an entrepreneur thing, but I know you're big on self-talk. So how do you, talk to yourself and convince yourself that you've hit your goals for the day and that you've earned that hour or that bath or that, you know, that brain dead time with that balance and not feeling guilty about taking it. So this is where the beautiful dance of what Ed Milet calls blissful dissatisfaction. Um, <laughs> and I love, I love that terminology. So I'm borrowing it from Ed, um, who I call my Mac daddy of entrepreneurship, but the, um, the the thing that many of my clients see is that we have this part of our brain called the reticular activating system that we can there is such a hunger for entrepreneurs to always go for that next goal to always go for that next achievement to always keep doing and going and pushing and and having that thing but it ends up burning them out why because there's no gratitude in the moment for the achievements that you're having. So there's a lack of celebration that is happening by celebrating those, those moments of push, those moments of hustle, those smaller incremental achievements. And like you mentioned with, with uh, your past podcast guest of those incremental achievements of, I, I, I booked a job. I booked a job. I'm on a show. I'm getting a regular paycheck. Like it's not, it's not, you know, any award winning, it's not this, but it's, it's, I book this, I'm going to give my all to this and then, and then move to the next one because we see when we're not, and we can feel when we're not present, not fully present with it, what it is that we're doing because quote unquote, we believe that we should be in this other place. Well, you're not. So accepting where you are and being able to have that paradox and that dance that you're exactly where you need to be right now to take that perfect next step. If you were where you thought you should be, you might tank. And it, like I've seen entrepreneurs who, who get to that place where they think that they should be and then they blow it because they had no idea how to manage it because they suddenly have that. And we see that with lottery winners all the time too. They haven't built up that blissful dissatisfaction of the hunger that comes with 
with allowing yourself to be satisfied, allowing yourself to um, have those moments of celebration of like enjoying what it is that you're doing in the present moment and trusting that you're going to keep going. Like I, and as, as I tell all my high achieving clients, I'm like, I promise you, you will keep working. I promise like you, that keeping working is not your problem. Celebrating the work that you're doing and the incremental progress that you're making that will transform the game for the fulfillment that you have when you actually get to where you believe you should be or to where you want to go. Because what happens is unless you've built that in, then you get to where you want to go or where you've wanted to go. And then it's still not enough because it's always this belief of putting something out there somewhere in space and time that by if you, when you achieve this, when you do this, then you're going to be happy. Then you're going to be fulfilled. Then you're going to pop the bubbly. Then you're going to you know, <laughs> celebrate yourself. But if you haven't built that muscle in your brain with your reticular activating system of celebration, it's not going to feel like you achieved it. It's not going to feel like it, like it's not going to fulfill you. I had this with one of my clients. She was working toward her first um, half a million. And she got to the point where she was like, but it's not a million. And I was like, do you remember when you started your business and you were just grateful for your first 50K year? And, and she was like, yeah. I said, would that past version of you come back in like fa fast forward in time and bitch slap you for the fact <laughs> that, she, that you have not celebrated the fact that you hit half a million dollars in, in sales. And she was like, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so, so being able to acknowledge and celebrate and enjoy the achievements that you have trains that muscle so that you're not feeling guilty when you, have to have when you need your downtime, when you need to oscillate, when you need to relax, when you need to enjoy, because you know that you, your head has hit the pillow and you like, you delivered and you did it. And every day can be a different level of delivery. I love that. You know, I, somebody just recently told me a saying that I like. They said, at every level, there's another devil. And I was like, yeah, you know, I guess, you know, you, you, you get on one show, now you want the other show. You get your purple belt, you want your brown belt. You know, you make a million, you want a million five. So I, I guess that is probably the, uh, the gift and the curse of the entrepreneurial mind, right? You're always pushing for more and it's always, you know, the curtain unravels and the onion has another layer all the time. Like, yeah. where, do you, where do you ever really stop? See, I found that it's not necessarily a new devil. It's not something, it's, it's normally the same devil. It's normally the same, the same devil of, of dissatisfaction of thinking that you should be farther along of, Oh, I'm supposed to be here, but why am I not? But why am I not? Um, or, Oh, I've achieved this. Why don't I feel fulfilled? Um, so what I found is that consistently it's, it's, it's the similar devil. It's pretty much the same devil. Every time you get to that next level, it just is in a different form and it's at a different level. So it's showing up differently. Okay. So one, one thing you said there that I think was really interesting is the, the social comparison aspect. What is, because I feel like that's a lot of where it comes from. Like for me anyway, or for people like in my room of real estate, every time you, you're seeking out mentorship, it's because there's something new in your business that you want to learn from. And then you get exposed to 30 or 40 people that are doing things better than you. And you're like, oh, well, like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I should, why aren't I doing what this guy's doing and that guy's doing? And um, I think, and I've talked to tons of people that whatever their, their business is, whether it's TV or business or podcast or whatever, you know, the social comparison nowadays, when people are only putting the highlights out there for people to see on social media, what do you do to tell your clients and help them deal with that aspect of it? Because that, that, that's a tough one these days that there's not, it hasn't been around that long that I feel like there's enough studies about it, but it definitely is. It's a real thing. Yeah, for sure. I recently experienced this in a very personal way because um, my, my father passed uh, 13 days into the new year. And I see, I was seeing all of my friends, fellow coaches, new year, new you, they're selling their masterminds, they're doing their thing, they're hitting their six figures already out of the park. Like they're, they're, they're going for their big goals. They're, they're making the sales, they're promoting the products and they're promoting the the stuff. And I looked at that from the lens of grief 
And I was like, I physically, I know my body well enough. And, and one of the things that I greatly believe is our body is one of our greatest leadership tools that we have that's most underutilized. Um, but I know I, I've done enough work with my own body to know that like I physically was not in a space to push. I, I needed to process. And there is two different types of evolution and transformation of next level. One is where a butterfly is pushing to get out, to fly higher, pushing to get out of the cocoon. And one is where you need to be in the cocoon. And I was in the transformation where I needed to be in the cocoon. I, you can't rush that process. If a butterfly, if a caterpillar tries to rush that process, they die. So there are two different types of transformation. There's the one that means I need to go internal. I need to feel what I'm feeling. I need to process this. I need, I, I'm not, it's not the space. It's not in the pattern of oscillation to be in the hustle space and knowing where you're at with that knowing and trusting that where you're at with that is exactly where you should be, is exactly what you need to be to be able to have that space of hustle, to be able to move then into that space. Because without the rest, you don't get that ability to go for that next that next push. And I know that from 24 hours in labor. So <laughs> when, when I was giving birth to my first son, it took me 16 hours to learn this lesson. And by this at hour 16, I was, I was, it, it was, I surrendered to it. And it was because I was fearing the contractions. So I, I got to the space where I, when you're in labor, a contraction lasts for anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds. And then you have about three to seven minutes of rest, three to seven minutes of downtime, three to seven. But if you're in the space mentally where during that downtime, you're thinking about that next contraction, you're fearing that next push, you're fearing that next experience, then you're still not allowing your body to completely fully relax and surrender so that it's ready to go for that next push. The same is true with working a muscle. Like you don't go back to the gym the day after you did arms and push yourself at the gym to do arms again. And also we don't go back to the gym the day after we've done arms and then compare ourselves to every single other person there who's doing arms. And we're like, oh, I should be doing that too. You, you did that yesterday. Let yourself uh, honor the progress that you made yesterday. Right now your body is in the, is, is in the space of rest and repair, which is actually where the muscle gets built. But you need that rest and repair to be able to build that muscle. The same is true for every stage in business is that you have the stage where you're pushing, where you're lifting, where you're, where you're going for it. And then you have the stage of rest and repair and knowing what stage you're in is crucial to not burning out and to not going into overwhelm. I absolutely love that. I think that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. Welcome. You said something else to that on that first answer that I thought was really important. You talked about fulfillment and achievement. And the thing that's always two things, I guess, that have always stuck in my mind when I hear that. Uh, I have some friends that are UFC champions and they work so hard to get there. And then I've watched interview after interview where they go, they, they put the belt around you. And there's almost a sense of like, eh, like I did it like now what? And then there's that it doesn't give you that feeling of achievement and accomplishment like you think it would give you. And I think the most famous example of that is probably Robin Williams, who's achieved all of these things. And then everybody found out the guy was miserable. For the, the CEOs and the high performers and the one percenters that you're talking to, are you finding that that tends to be something that when guys are, or girls are hitting their, their goals in business and they're realizing that it's not giving them that fulfillment. Is that a common theme that's coming up? And if it is, how are you, how are you dealing with that or, or explaining that to them or getting around that? Yeah, one is definitely, because um, I, I use Robin, Robin Williams as an example quite frequently as well, because that, that was one of the few celebrity deaths that just like, it it ripped me up. Like, the, I loved him. Yeah. Um, and to see that, it really showed me the power and the need to train our brains, like to what I said earlier about the celebration, about allowing ourselves to experience. And so often when we experience, because um, I've been through this through every form of career evolution that I've had. So when I, I when I was growing up, I thought my goal, big goal, my big dream 
was to be a screenwriter and to be, be a producer and to be an actor in Hollywood. And I went for that dream all out. And I got curious, instead of getting judgmental, I got curious when I started to fall out of love with acting. And it wasn't entirely the acting that I was falling out of love with. It was the fact that I processed emotions, I learned some new tools, and what I really needed acting for was to be able to be authentic again, to be able to understand my feelings, to be able to unshroud myself from all the plagiarized programming that I'd, I'd grown up learning about feeling your feelings, about what feelings were appropriate and all that. And I also fell out of love with the business of being cast as hot girl number five, um, because none of those stories involve transformation. And that's always been the through line for every single industry that I've been in, whether it was Hollywood or Pilates and fitness or, or e-commerce business or, or now coaching. My through line for all of those businesses is transforming people's stories. And when I saw that the, 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 the parts that I was going out for weren't transformational and then were just all had a number attached to them. I was like, nope, I'm done with that. And same was true when I got my, my first feature film produced and distributed. And there I was at the premiere and I was like, this is it. Like, and I was surprised. So why am I only 90% fulfilled? Um, and instead of getting judgmental of like, oh, I should feel this way. I shouldn't feel, or I shouldn't feel this way. I should be grateful. I should be, all of these things, I stripped myself of the shoulds and I got curious. It's like, okay, well, this is interesting. What is it about this result that I'm not 100% in love with? And for me, I found that there were just, I prefer to have a bit more control. Um, and uh, and that that was is my thing over the vision of, of what it turns out to be. And I, I learned what it was like to work with a writing partner and to work with a team and to work with a team of all male producers when I'm like the only girl on the, on the production <laughs> team. Um, and, and to be able to, to have that experience and to see, okay, I would have liked the vision to be this way. And so if I want the vision to be this way, what, what do I need to shift and what role do I need to then be in? Um, and for me, I found that more so that I now get to be the producer, the writer, the director, the the performer in my own business, which is the best part of all the worlds for me. And that's what makes me so fulfilled is because I get to be in all of those roles and looking. But I, I got curious instead of living by the shoulds of what I thought I should feel or getting judgmental or judging myself because I thought I should I should feel happy. I should feel um grateful for this. And I, I was very grateful. But what that experience allowed me to do is that two weeks later, I found out that this this kid who had come to the premiere, who was a friend of a friend, because when you write a movie, you get extra tickets and I passed them out like candy. And <laughs> and this 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 kid changed his life because of the film. And I was like, oh, that, that I want, I want more of that. I don't know how to get that. I don't know what I need to do to get that. But I want more of that. I want to be able to have that impact on somebody's life where they they see a story, they experience a story, and they're able to change. And, and they, they are able to make a new choice, make a new decision, and transform into something that's better. And that that threw me into then owning an e-commerce company and then co-owning co and being a partner in, in that and, and experiencing that experience where I was then transforming people's stories through our product about back pain about what was possible for their bodies. So there's always been this through line of transforming people's stories, but I, I never would have found that through line had I been judgmental and judging myself for how I should be feeling or what I should be doing. And instead I allowed myself to get really curious and follow that curiosity. I love that. And I could feel when you told that story, I was I was in every path that with you. And I know like when you identified that, I could see in your face how much that meant to you and like that aha moment in that. So I think that's great. And it shows, I could tell just from this short conversation how much it means to you to change people like that. I think it's amazing. It's one of my favorite things on the planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> when my clients send me their results and, you know, sometimes they send me their results like years later and, and of like, oh my gosh, like this lesson that we we work through in one of our sessions, like I'm now applying it to my team and 
like one of my clients just texted me. She's like, I now have $16,000 in my bank account. I've never had that much money. And I was like, that's awesome. One of my clients got to the being the leader in his industry in within a few short years and grew his business 300% because of some of the, the lessons and some of the, the growth. And I'm like that, that, and it just comes from transforming the story. So just like your friends who are UFC champions, the three stories that I've heard where people are, when, when somebody achieves at a certain level and yet still doesn't feel that fulfillment, one is that they don't believe that they're worthy of achieving it. And that one can come from the not having built in those acts of worth and the celebration of the, you know, the waking up at 5 a.m., the celebration of, you know, the, the workouts that you put in, the celebration of those incremental compound effects that you've that you've put in, you put in the cause, it created the the effect, those little incremental steps that you made that made this result obvious that you were just going to achieve it. Um, that's one. One, another, one, the second belief is not being enough. Um, oh, I did this. Now what? And I, I really felt this one specifically when I actually stood at the base of the statue of David. And I saw that statue. And the beautiful thing about in Florence is when you're going into this museum to see the statue of David, because that's the big like coup d'etat, de, um, there's all these other statues that are like big blocks of marble that are just unfinished. And it's like the, the, the these bodies are emerging from this stone. And slowly they get to more and more clear and clear and clear bodies that, that Michelangelo created. And then finally you get to the David. And it's, you know, a beautiful statue and perfect. And the thing that I, lo I looked into the David's eyes and this, this statue and what the artist was able to capture was so powerful because the statue comes from that moment right after David slay, uh, slays Goliath. And so here's this kid slays the giant. Everybody's looking at him. And suddenly in his eyes, what I felt was, now what? Holy crap, now what? And it's that that fear of enoughness, that fear, like, is this enough? Have I done enough? Like, or like, am I enough to then continue on with this mission? Like, I, I know that I got to this level of achievement and, and then now what? Like, now what do I do? And, and then how do you grow into that? Because suddenly you've worked so hard to achieve this and now you're back to square one. Like you're now back to the new, like now you've gotten this, this level and it's falling in love with that process of being able to say, okay, this big thing has been achieved. And now this means that I will be a newbie or a beginner in the next big thing that I'm going for. So there's sometimes that fear of like, am I enough to then achieve the next thing or what is the next thing? And then the last one that I see is the, the belief of deserving. And I see this one particularly a lot with high achievers. I've, I've struggled many a time with this belief myself. Um, the belief of, of deserving, because you, you mentioned, especially in your example of like, did I earn that Netflix time? Like, you just were so burnt out that you got to the point where it's just like, fine, I'll just like, I just <laughs> need the break. And did I earn that? And one of the things with, with deserving is that there is an unconscious bias. It's called a just world bias that all humans have. And this just world bias, it's basically us looking for things to be fair. And sometimes when we achieve a lot, it may go against that, that just world bias of like, I've done this. Do I deserve this? Because this doesn't seem fair that everybody else had, like is not at this level or has not achieved at this thing. And that again, goes back to celebrating those incremental milestones of recognizing the things that you did. And then seeing that, how is it that what it is that you've achieved of the highest and best for everyone involved and so I have a belief that my life is a testimony for what is possible. And so when I achieve, I am get to be a light of possibility for other people. 
And so my success, and, and, it, and it, this isn't like, and I check in with myself regularly, like, is this coming from ego or is this coming from like soul and higher calling? But I believe, and this is why I want my, my big mission is to have more good-hearted, mission-minded, purpose-driven leaders making more money and make so that they can make more of an impact. Because when we do that, we have the ability to be a greater testimony and a greater light for what is possible. I had a conversation with one of my clients who I, we were talking about audacious dreams and she's like, she's happy with her, you know, small house and her things like, and, and she has a beautiful family and all that. And she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't really want the big house. And she's like, I don't want the Instagrammable things. And then she goes, but there's this one moment where she goes, but I did see this BMW. And I was like, okay, let's, and she goes, but that just seems so like egotistical. It seems so. And she started to judge this desire that she had of, of like, do I deserve this desire? Do I like, do I deserve this, this, this dream that I have to have this really fancy audacious car? And I said, well, imagine this, imagine you're driving down the road in this amazing car. And yeah, you're going to get some looks from people. People are like, oh, hey, dang. And yeah, you may get that like one person who's like, oh, that person's just, you know, a rich asshole or something. But you may also get that one person. And I, and I learned this from Marshall Goldsmith, who, who drives a really fancy Rolls Royce, apparently. He's a famous hypnotist. And he says he, he always gets that one person who's like, show me how you did it. How, how did you, how did you get to this level of success that you're able to have this really nice thing? And he goes, that's the person that like that, that, and that, that, that story, when he, sh when I heard that him share that on Ed Milet's podcast, cause I am a big Ed fan. <laughs> um, when I heard him share that on Ed Milet's podcast, I was like, oh my God, these things that we have, the house, the car, the, the purses, the desires, these things that sometimes we'll easily compare ourselves to of like, oh, I don't know if I can have that. No, no, no. If they can have that, you can too. Cause they had to acquire a certain set of skills that allowed them to get there. So when I was in this conversation with my client, I said, what would you teach this person who comes up to you about who asking, how did you get to the place where you're able to have the success to have this car? And she goes, oh my gosh, I teach them about faith. I teach them about, because she was a very spiritual person. She's like, I, I will teach them about, you know, my, my relationship with God and, and the spirituality and, and of side of entrepreneurship. She goes, I teach them, you know, I was a single mom doing this. So she goes, I would teach them and show them from my struggles that like I came from nothing and was able to build this. So if it's possible for me, it's possible for them. I'd give them some systems and structure. I said, so, so I said, so, so basically you turn your, this car into a walking testimony of what's possible for other people. And so how can, how can we allow our achievements to be exactly what we deserve because it's what we desire and then we earn them through serving, through teaching how we achieve them. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho, He's played all over the world and he's also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632. 0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, -M -M -E to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. That's excellent. So a lot of it seems like it comes back to self-talk and celebrating your, your, your wins, which makes me ask, is that where the term that you, you know, you crown yourself.com, is that kind of what that is? Like crown yourself, like appreciate your wins, celebrate your, your victories. Is that a connection there? Or is that where did it come from somewhere else? 
Oh, crown yourself came from a lot of different places, but it's, it definitely is a part of it. It's really crown yourself is about ownership. And so owning your messes, your mistakes, and also owning your successes, your achievements, the things that you've been able to do, the things that you've been blessed to have. Like it's, it's not an either or game. It's an and game. Like the mistakes, the messes, those can be the testimony for the people who are currently in their own mistakes or in their own messes thinking, I'll never be successful. I'll never be able to achieve this because of this thing where they're blaming those mistakes. And you, as the, the leader, get to say, hey, I also made those mistakes too. I also messed up. I also had that. I also did that thing. And mm-hmm. and now I've been able to, I was able to evolve from that. So here's what I've learned from that mistake. The other part of it, the, the flip side of the coin is owning your achievements, owning your desires and trusting that your desires were uh, like, I am of the belief that your desires were placed in you by the divine. Like you wouldn't have that calling to do that thing if it wasn't meant for you. So leaning in to the fact that you have that and trusting that, that calling, trusting that desire and that when you achieve that allowing that to be of service allowing that to be a guiding light for other people because sometimes the service is just giving someone else the permission that they can do it as well that that in and of itself can be a service i love that and i going back to the the rolls royce story the i i think to me that's again the biggest thing is when i'm trying to justify the stuff that I do, that always is the thing that makes me feel okay with what I'm like, you know what, uh, like if I can help somebody learn from my mistakes or I can inspire somebody because that's from just doing this podcast, you know, you hear all these amazing things and I've been to Florence, I've been to Italy and I was reliving it as you were talking through it. It really is amazing as you walk up to the David and you're there and um, one of the things I took away from Italy after going and sitting, you know, in front of the Pieta at like St. Peter's and seeing all these amazing things you would see these this amazing, like historical, famous, timeless pieces of work. And then you would go to another church or another part in the same building and you'd stand on the person's grave and you'd realize this was just a person. This was just some dude from somewhere or some lady from someplace that did something amazing that was just like me when they were here. You know, and I feel like that was an inspiring thing of like, like every amazing thing in this world that's been created or thought up or done came from somebody just like me. So why not me? You know, I, I think that that's a, that was a very eye-opening thing for me to see that, like the, the work and then the person and be like, this is really the constant between everything is we're all people. Yeah. And I, and I have an exercise that I, that I do with my clients of looking at all of the, and I, I, I do this cause I, I figured out doing this myself. I went to a seminar and uh, they were celebrating all of these achievements and I got to be celebrated as, as one of them. And I was like, oh, but I was being celebrated with, with women who had made less money than me, with women who had made more money than me. And suddenly I had this like calling, this like inner knowing to just start writing it down. And I just started writing down, I can, and whatever they achieved, I wrote it down. I can, you know, and even if it was something that I'd already achieved, like, I, I would write it down and just to reintegrate and reiterate to my brain and to, to build that repetition muscle of if I, if she can, I can too. And that's the biggest thing that I see with people who struggle with comparison and with jealousy. Jealousy for me is such an indicator. It's like, I, I think of our emotions as packages. And so when you receive a package that is like the package of an emotion, inside it is something that you value or something that you desire. And so being able to unpack that emotion of jealousy, every time I look at it and I'm like, oh, it's just because I want this thing. Or it's, <laughs> oh, it's just because I, or it's just because I desire this thing. Or, oh, it's because I value, you know, this, this thing. I value being of service. I ba- value being of impact. I value making money from a place of integrity. Um, like I, I value this thing. So allowing it, the, the emotion of jealousy, because it's a natural thing for it to get triggered. When you f- feel those comparison thoughts, let it be an example of what it is that you want. 
And so it, and, and the biggest question that I ask that stumps most people, it's the most simple question. It's what do you want? And most people give a list of everything they don't want <laughs> rather than of what they actually want. Well, when you look to what you want, sometimes you can look to those people that you're jealous of, the people with the nice cars, the people that with, you know, who are traveling, the people who are, um, who are doing the things that you want to be doing. Well, what is it specifically about that person that you're, you're jealous of? What is it that they have that, that you actually can use that as a signal of like, oh, I want this because there's only so long that you can drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. And so that's what I think of like driving forward, looking at what you don't want. Like you can drive away from what it is that you don't want fast and hard for a short while. You can't go long distances by looking at what you don't want. You eventually have to turn your gaze to look out the window, focus on the road ahead and look at where is the destination that you're headed. And what are you doing to get there? How fast you're going to hit that gas pedal to go? There's only so often that you can look in that rearview mirror. So at, at what you don't want or what you're worrying about or what you fear. And so using that emotion of jealousy to be able to say, oh, okay, this is a sign of this is something that I want. Oh, because we don't, we don't get jealous of that, per, that person who's in a, it, when you're in a marathon, or at least I didn't, um, who is like at mile 12, like, yeah, I'd like to be there, but I know if I'm at mile six, then I'm eventually going to get to mile 12. I just have to keep running. So I'm not comparing myself to the other people in the race. I know that if I just complete mile six and I keep going, I'll get to mile 12 too. So it really is about trusting in the inevitability of your success and allowing that the, the things that you feel those emotions of comparison or jealousy to be just a signal that it's just something that you want to go for too. I think that that's great. And the, the analogy about the rear view mirror and the, it, that's, it's so smart, you know, like you're, you're really doing a great job of painting a picture. I, I was literally picturing myself in the car, like leaving someplace and then looking ahead at like nothing for miles. And I was like, oh yeah, where am I going? Like, it's, it, it's all very timely. You do a really good job with that, which is why I'm sure you're very successful at what you do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Something I definitely want to touch on because this is, again, something that we talked about before and I made a really bad joke, but, um, but touching on procrastination and just performance stuff, um, I'd love to know some productivity tips for not procrastinating, which, you know, I, I've tried so many different things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but getting through that, you know, and they, I know the term swallowing the frog and doing the things first, but there's all that self-resistance for a lot of the important things. And there's days that I wake up at 4 a.m., and then two o'clock runs around and I go, I've been up all day. I've been working all day. But I don't feel like I did anything and I don't know how that's possible. So um, some tips on that and then how to track that too. Like even I've been writing things on a whiteboard and color coordinating, but like, you know, I'm trying all these different things to really prioritize my day. So I would love to hear tips and secrets that you've come across from working with people and, and stuff you've done yourself. Yeah, I actually have a fantastic procrastination elimination um, hypnosis and visualization that I walk people through um, that you can download off of my website, um, or I can give you that in the links. And that that is a really powerful visualization tool to understand like what procrastination really is. And procrastination, it's so often. And, and I know I, I have a very familiar relationship because like I said, we're in our, our pre-conversation, I was an expert at procrastinating. Procrastination and prioritizing, the way to decipher what is the thing that is the priority is what is the action that requires the most courage from you? And what is the action that produces the most, the greatest result? That, that leads to that next step. So sometimes, for example, when I first started my business, I spent a year and a half in my creating a business. I had a beautiful website. I had the logo. I had the domain name. I had all the nice things. I had literally was making $0 in it. Why? Because I was avoiding the one thing that scared the crap out of me, which was talking to people, building relationships, and possibly getting rejected. And especially for my, you know, a work that I hold so, so lovingly and so dear to my heart when you're doing your, your, what you feel is purpose work. Sometimes when you get rejected, it's like you kind of take it personally. And that, that was the one thing that required courage. So when I saw that the one thing that I needed to shift 
was the thing that scared me the most was starting to put myself out there, starting conversations, inviting people to have conversations, inviting people to work with me, that that act of courage started to build that momentum and that traction. So really your productivity will speed up radically when you are doing those acts of courage. And I can't tell you what they are. And any coach that says what they are is like, just check, check yourself because no guru, no marketing coach, no mentor can say what your act of courage is. Maybe your act of courage is actually turning off the computer and going and taking a hot bath. Like that could be your act of courage where you're not defaulting to that. Let me just do more, focus more because that, that's the, if that's the pattern that you're used to, maybe your act of courage is allowing your body to oscillate and have that downtime and receive and get a massage and feel the, the feelings of freedom and fulfillment or taking that time to put your laptop or your phone away and actually spend time with your kids. That can be the act of courage. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to call this person. It can be. It certainly can be, but it doesn't always have to be. Only you know what that greatest act of courage is. Sometimes that greatest act of courage is recognizing your emotional state that you're in and saying, I am making the courageous and conscious choice to choose this state, that I am currently in a negative state of anxiety or worry or frustration, and I'm going to physically work to change this. So maybe you go for a run, or maybe you take a cold shower, or maybe you take a hot bath, but you do something to change that. And that is your act of courage, but you will know what the act of courage is pretty much about five minutes before you fall asleep. Because when your head hits that pillow, that is the moment where you know, did you lean into those acts of courage or did you spin your wheels in what I call productive procrastination, where you're doing all the things where you're all busy, but there's not really been any momentum forward and momentum comes from those acts of courage. I feel like you were talking about me specifically, <laughs> all those things you're, you're hundred percent right. Like, you know, as, as busy as you are during the day. When I go to sleep at night, like I know, like I didn't get this done. And then it, the anxiety for like, this is going to have to get done tomorrow. Of course, like you're saying, you sleep like a log when you go, oh, I, I did it. Yeah, I, my yeah. friend calls playing dragons, my buddy Jared. He's like, what? I have three dragons I have to slay today. And if I don't slay them, there's going to be six more dragons tomorrow. So I better start, you know, taking them out. And I think that there's a lot of peace of mind. And I think, I think that's, that's absolutely awesome advice. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. I have, I have literally seen uh, clients sleep patterns change and sleep better. I, and I've seen it for myself personally, when you do those actions of slaying the dragons, when you do those things. And sometimes it can be like, for some, it is actually sitting down and going through a course and going through the step-by-step -step and putting in the doing and not just like watching the course, but actually doing the work of the course. Cause uh, a lot of my clients who, who some of who have gone through my programs, um, they're, they're very avid learners. They love to on, always learn, but unless you're learning and applying knowledge is bullshit without application. And so the doing of the knowledge, the doing of like what it is. So sometimes that act of courage can be like chilling your monkey mind, sitting down and going through a course and doing the step-by-step and following that process. Sometimes it's calling those people that, you know, you should have called, but you just didn't. And, and it's in those moments that, you can lean into those five minutes before you go to sleep. If you, if it's, if it's something that will take you 10 minutes, 10 to 20 minutes, do that. And you will have such a better night's sleep. I love that. So talking about all this stuff that you're doing, um, what is it? How, how can people work with you as far as like, talk about the book, the website, the podcast, um, what you do, how you take on clients, how you help people. I want to know all about you. Yeah. So you can go to crownyourself.com. If you love this episode, if you're like, oh, I'd love to work with this challenging <laughs> ownership woman who, who just is going to challenge me to rise, then, then like, if you, if you eat challenge for breakfast, that I'm your gal. So <laughs> that, that, and that is, and sometimes the challenge, like I said, it's not necessarily challenging you to do more. Sometimes um, like my last, my client last night, I challenged her to do less. I said, you have to take three things off your plate. And she was like, what? 
And that was her challenge because her, her, because she was stuck in the doing. So allowing for that, that dance. So that's, that's, I, I meet you where you're at. I love, I love working with high achievers. I love working with leaders. I love working with people who have a, such a good heart. All of my clients have the biggest hearts and they want to make such an impact in the world. And I truly believe that when more good hearted, mission minded leaders, conscious leaders are making more money, that is how we change the planet and have this massive ripple effect. And so if you want to work with me, there is a tab on the website that says work with me. You can book a high performance coaching call. I will give you, we will work together for 90 minutes. We'll go through five strategies um, based on your subconscious. Like I don't like to preach at my clients what their strategy is. The coaching is a do with process where I find out what what's made you successful and how we can use that and adapt that to the strategies in your marketing, in your branding, in your systems, in your skill set, in your mindset so that you can go to the next level. And then I give you the my three-step profit formula to increase your sales up to 150% in the next 12 months. And so if that's how, if you want to work with me in that way, you can work with me in that way. If you, if you like this content, you can definitely subscribe to the Princess and the Bee podcast. Uh, the B stands for for all the bees that go into becoming the queen or king of your life. And then my book is coming out this summer. It, uh, it is called rule your body. And it really is about how to dethrone food fears and crown yourself and to take ownership of this amazing vessel. Like I, I, like I believe I said earlier, like our bodies are one of the greatest leadership tools that we have. And they're one of the most underutilized as well. Um, our body is where our intuition lies. Our body is where we have those gut instincts and those heart pulls. And we have this felt sense that is amazing that guides us when we listen to it. And so how do we get into that better relationship with our bodies to then create a better relationship in our, in our personal relationships and in our businesses? I absolutely love that. Who would not want to be part of that and increase their income 150% in 12 months? Yes, yes. It's my favorite thing. I love I love getting my texts from my clients. So I love it. Absolutely. When I hear their successes. Nice. And obviously I'll put all the show links and everything um, in the show. So anybody who's listening to this, if they go on the webpage for this episode, we'll have all the live links by the time this comes out. Um, I like to end with something I call the victory lap, where I just ask you a handful of questions just to kind of wrap things up in a nice bow. Let's do it. I'll like hold my hands up like Rocky and <laughs> So the first thing is, do you have a favorite quote? Oprah, in life, you get what you have the courage to ask for. I love that. Do you have a favorite app or website? Trello. <laughs> like my favorite website is my own. <laughs> but yeah, Trello, is my, Trello is my favorite app. Like okay. for productivity, my brain is on Trello. Okay. Besides your own favorite, favorite book, favorite book, the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Oh, I actually have not heard of that one. That's, that's a new one. I love when people recommend new stuff. I'm going to have this like enormous library of stuff. I got to dig through, but that's a great one. It's the number one book I recommend because my mentor recommended it to me in 2019. Um, when I said, how did you scale your business from zero to 30 million in three years? And she said, it started with this book. <laughs> and I said, oh. I'm getting every book that you recommend. And I read that book and I was like, this is a, this is a game changer. Cause the beautiful thing about that book specifically is it make it, it breaks things down very simply. Okay, awesome. I'm going to put that on my list today. Um, what is something you wish people knew about you or a question you wish people would ask more? A lot of people think I'm naturally extroverted and I'm not. Extroversion is something that I, I learned and had to practice. And so when I hear, when introverts come to me, they're like, oh, but you're so like, you just stand out. And I'm like, yeah, I had to learn that. And so that's, that's a skill set. And so that you can, you can learn any skill set, including, you know, having your privacy and including having, you know, choosing to stand out and be the performer as well. You know, I think it's really strange. Um, not strange. I shouldn't say that, but the fact that you say that is, is interesting because I think there's a misconception that people like yourself and I that have podcasts and do public speaking and all these things actually love the spotlight and the attention. And it sounds so stupid because we're voluntarily putting ourselves out there, but I'm the same way. Like I, I hate it, but I somehow am doing all these things that I'm always like the center of attention, even though I don't want to be. And if yeah. I go to parties and stuff like that, I'm usually in the corner. Like 
I like putting people together, but then I like to kind of just step back and just watch people have fun. So it's a weird thing. But why do you think you've chosen a, an extroverted life if you're an introvert? Like, I, I know we've all done it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on like the why do people do that? Um, for me, it's constantly leaning into courage um, and service. So if I'm hiding, I'm hiding my light, my talents, my gifts from people that they could be of service to. And so it is in my perception that if I hide my light and my gifts and, and my, my talents, that I'm actually doing harm to somebody who I could actually be helping and that I'm unavailable for. I completely agree with that. And I think it's amazing. And I, I love that people do it. And I think that there's something to be said for, you know, the, uh, when you really sit down and you talk to people, there's almost nobody that doesn't have something cool that they can share that they've experienced and that you can learn yeah. from. They're just scared to, to say it. So I love that people like you fight through that to put their message out there because if everybody gave into the fear of going out there and putting themselves out there, we wouldn't have all this amazing help and content and success stories and inspiring things. So I'm happy that you fought that battle and that you're out there because I love everything that you're saying. Yeah. It was my mom's first grade advice to me to make more friends that served me very well in business. Um, when I said, how do I make more friends? And she said, say hi to 10 people with their names. Yeah. And so then I just started doing that in business. I was like, if that worked for friends, I wonder if that can work for clients. Um, and that's how I built my business. Nice. I love that. But, you know, it goes back to the risk and reward of, I think, everything that, you know, everybody wants to be a high performance coach or an entrepreneur or have the successful podcast or book. But the, it's, it's not easy to put yourself out there. So I think it's always a testament to like, again, you know, everybody can do anything. It's just a matter of, are you going to talk yourself out of it because of the fear or the, the imaginary stories? Like, you know, it's, and it's, yeah. it's funny because I don't know if you're experiencing this as much with your clients, but on the real estate side, whenever I start working with somebody new, all they want is the nuts and bolts and the bread and butter of real estate. And then most of the conversations turn into mindset and self-talk, which they told me, I don't want any of that. And then that turns out oh, yeah. to be the main thing that drives them. So yeah. it's, it's, it really comes down to everything. So I think there's a massive need that you're filling for exactly what you do. Most people come to me for productivity and for their systems um, and for, for strategy. And it always ends up like the greatest strategy you could ever have is believing in yourself. Like, and that really is like, it sounds cheesy and you can put it on a bumper sticker, but <laughs> it, it is the great, like the greatest strategy that you can have is your belief in your ability to figure things out and trusting yourself is one of the greatest uh, skill sets to develop as a leader. It's one of the number one ones that I work on with my clients is, is developing their ability to trust their, themselves again. Fantastic advice. Uh, I, know, I know you have a bunch of stuff you got to do. I want you to be able to enjoy where you are. Um, one of the last questions I'm going to ask you is knowing what you know now about life and business. If a younger Kimberly Spencer came up to you and asked you for advice today starting out, what advice would you give a younger you? Oh, there are so many versions of myself because it depends on what <laughs> version. Like my five-year-old self was pretty audacious. My 17-year-old self was very self-destructive. So for the 17 year old self, I just, I'd say, you know, let's I'd give her a big hug and, and say, you are so loved, you're so wanted and you're so needed in this world. Um, my uh, 28 year old self, uh, after I was bought out of my e-commerce company, I would t give her a right smack punch in the jaw of love of saying, stop blaming other people for where you are right now and choose to step into owning your reality and choose to live with courage again. Um, that was the beautiful thing about being bought out of my e-commerce company was I had to, I never before experienced crushing doubt about my skill set or my capabilities. Um, and that experience did bring that with it as a gift. So now I have massive empathy for my clients when they come to me in that space of doubting themselves because um, I've been there. And so being able to see how that was such a gift and see how alignment is so essential. And so I would tell my 28-year-old self, stop living in productive procrastination, do the courageous thing. This world needs your message and take ownership of your state and stop being such a freaking victim <laughs> of, of your circumstances. So that is 
probably not surprising to you, but and probably not to me either at this point, but the most insightful answer to that question I have gotten that up to this point. Really? Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, you've been awesome. I got a lot out of this. I'm sure the viewers are going to get a lot out of this too. Um, we talked about going on your website, but is there any other ways that people can find you or any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Yeah, you can find me on Apple Podcasts at, at The Princess and the Bee. You can find me on Instagram at Crown Yourself Now. You can find us on YouTube at Crown Yourself. So we're all over the place. Awesome. And again, I'll share all these links and I really appreciate it. I'm very sorry for your loss, um, but you. you know, you have a great attitude and a great head on your shoulders and I really got a lot of value of everything. And your website has so many good resources on it. So it was very nice to get on and talk to you and get to know you a little bit. I'll definitely be checking it out. I encourage everybody else to do the same. Thank you very much, Kimberly Spencer. You definitely bring your A game and I appreciate it having you on today. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. I'll see you soon. You're so